Good morning. This is Haim Goodman Strauss on the Math Factor. Uh, Kyle and I will be back in the studio next week. In the meantime, let me wish you all a very happy last new year. Yes, as all respectable astronomers know, the last one before the Mayan apocalypse this coming December. Well, let's make good use of the time we have remaining. The last full year of human history, 2011, has the interesting numerical property that it's actually the sum of 11 consecutive primes, beginning with 157, 163, 167, all the way up to 211. I've been hard-pressed to come up with a similarly interesting property for 2012, except it is the product of 4 times 503. 503 is itself prime. And 503 has an interesting relationship to the first four primes, 2, 3, 5, and 7. I'll leave that relationship as a puzzle for all of our listeners. But I'd like to pose a grander puzzle, a little bit of a contest even, to come up with something really genuinely interesting about 2012, If the number 2012. If you send us your answers to, or your entries to, mathfactor at uark.edu. We'll send the winner a fabulous math prize delivered by U.S. Postal Courier directly to your front door. In the meantime, uh, especially as Kyle's not with me at the moment, let me make one thing very perfectly clear. Do not take his advice to put hot water into the freezer. <laughs> we'll talk about the mathematics of cooling and heating in our next segment. But for now, the key thing which really went by quickly, it was said, but it went by very rapidly, is that hot water, it is true that hot water will cool more quickly. That is to say that the temperature will fall more rapidly, but the total amount of time it takes to cool to a given temperature will be longer. By the time the temperature, by the time the temperature has fallen to, say, the temperature of cool water, the rate at which it's cooling will be just exactly the same as if cool water had been in the freezer. However, we would have wasted all that time and all that energy removing heat from the uh, from the hot water to get it down to that temperature. Next time we'll take up why and how it cools more quickly and the mathematical basis of Newton's law of cooling. In the meantime, let's turn to how much does my true love love me? Here's something we taped a couple of weeks ago. Kyle, back again with, with Heim, and you asked us to think about the growth rate of the gifts that are the, given. The total number of the accumulation day after day. In the 12 days of Christmas. Right. Because on that first day, yeah. it's, it's a partridge and a pear tree. <laughs> that's easy to deal with. Then it's two turtle doves. And the partridge and the pear tree. Right. Again, that's the second that's one right. of those. Then it's three French hens. Yeah. They with make, they make a lot doves. of mess. And a partridge and a pear right. tree. And on the fourth day. And then the fifth day is cold. And so you wanted us to think about how fast is this accumulation taking place? And you said you asked, is it exponential well, growth? Well, for example, that would be an example. Right, of but I don't growth. think it is exponential no, it growth. Uh, so, so what's the answer here? It grows like the approximately like the cube of the number of days. And there's actually a really neat way to see that. Please tell me. Um, well, suppose we just sort of represent all the gifts with tennis by tennis balls. All she's okay. doing is she's giving me. On the first day of Christmas, I get one tennis ball. Right. On the second day of Christmas, I get two tennis balls and Better, another a tennis ball. Here, let's make them different colors. On the first day, you get a white tennis ball. Okay. The second day, she's giving you two green tennis balls and a white, and a white one. That's the great. third day, three orange, Perfect. two green, one white. Well, if you think about it, you can start to stack these tennis balls into a little pyramid. Sure. Because on the first day, you have one tennis ball. <gasps> second ah. day, you have 
the two tennis balls, that makes a triangle. And right. Then, and then another tennis ball, which you can stick on top. That makes a little right. pyramid, a little tetrahedron. The third day, <laughs> yes. you've got next to that, you can put the three whatever tennis, yellow tennis balls or whatever on top of that two and then mm-hmm. one. And then your pyramid is grown. Right. And it's going to keep doing that. The fourth day is four. You've got right. the base for the five, the six, seven. And, in fact, the total number of gifts are what call, are, you could call tetrahedral numbers. It's exactly the number of tetrahe- uh, tennis balls in a tetrahedron of a given size. And, in fact, if you think about it, that's a three-dimensional object. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As it gets bigger, the volume of it, and hence the number of balls and gifts, grows mm-hmm. with roughly like the cube of the size. That's, that's so you could thing. sing the tetrahedral days of Christmas. You could. I would. <laughs> On the first tetrahedral yeah. day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Yeah. Okay. And so that's a very simple way to see that the number of total number of gifts on the nth day is proportional roughly to the cube of n. There's a couple of other really odd little things, though. For example, the tetrahedral numbers, 1, 4, 10, 20, 35, and so on, all the way up to 364 on the 12th day of Christmas, also are exactly the number of ways of choosing three things out of a collection. So for example, four is the number of ways of choosing three coins out of a collection of four coins, because I could basically choose one of the four to leave out. Ten is the number of ways of choosing three coins out of five, if you think about it, and so forth. So here's a little puzzle. It's not hard to prove that the tetrahedral numbers are exactly the same as the number of ways of choosing uh, three objects out of a collection. But can you think of an intuitive and explainable reason why? What is it that you're choosing when you select a position in the tetrahedron? Conversely, when I count the tennis balls, how am I counting those choices? And incidentally, the triangular numbers are the numbers of ways of choosing two things out of a collection. 1, 3, 6, 10, 15, 21. 21, for example, is the number of ways of choosing uh, two objects out of seven. The weird thing is that they're a little bit out of sync. So it's true that the tetrahedral numbers are 1, 4, 10, 20, and so on, and the number of ways of choosing three objects out of a collection go the same way. But let's just take, for example, 35. 35 is the fifth tetrahedral number, but it's the number of ways of choosing three objects out of seven. The next one, 56, is the sixth tetrahedral number, but it's the number of ways of choosing three objects out of eight. So what are we choosing? Finally, I'd like to leave you with this. So suppose that I have a thousand M&Ms. 500 of them are red and 500 of them are blue, and I have them in two little jars. Now every single time I'm going to take a scoop of M&M's from one of the jars and, and a scoop of M&M's from the other one of the jars and I'm going to swap them. Maybe let's just say there's a hundred in each scoop. So I'm taking one-fifth of the M&M's out of one jar, one-fifth of the M&M's out of the other jar, and switching them. And then we do this over and over and over again. And the question is, over time, and at what rate over time, what, what's going to happen? How are the two collections of red and blue M&Ms going to be mixed up? That's it. That has everything to do with everything we've been talking about. The entire thermodynamics of the universe are contained in that one example. In any case, we'll see you next week. Kyle and I will be back together in the studio, and uh, we thank you all. Happy New Year, 
Talk to you later. It's too darn hot. It's too darn hot. I'd like to sup with my baby tonight.